0: if you're connected with your audience, they're gonna trust you more. And when you talk about your products or when you put something out or launch something, it's not gonna just feel like a sale. It's gonna be like, they're excited to support you. They're invested. Like you've been telling them what's going on behind the scenes. And so again, there's that connection and like that sense of brand loyalty. So I think that, I think a lot of people spend time trying to get new followers or get a new audience or a bigger audience when they're overlooking the audience they already have, that's going to grow their brand quicker than they ever could.
1: Happy Tuesday and welcome back to Cool Side Podcast. You're listening to episode one, two, five, and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. I am really excited to introduce the guest of the show today. Her name is Bailey and she is the founder of Play Digital, a digital marketing agency. She is also a co-host of the podcast, What Day Is It?, and an influencer and a dog mom. I have never met her in person, um, but I feel like I know her through social media, which is the world that we live in. I've been following her on Instagram forever and listening to her podcast and she's super inspiring and motivating to grow my podcast, my business, my personal brand and everything in between. She's really authentic and transparent with everything that she does and has grown her personal brand extraordinarily well and I love watching that evolution and how she has done it with such grace. In this episode, Bailey walks us through her marketing background and how and when she decided to start her own agency. We talk about hiring, time management, and how Bailey found her first clients. She gives her advice for aspiring entrepreneurs, how to start a business, and her top tips for businesses wanting to grow their audience on Instagram. This is part one of two Parts of this episode. It was long enough that I wanted to split into two so that you could focus on each of the episodes. This one is more about business and the next one is more about personal brands. So make sure you tune in next week as well to catch the second half of this interview. But I'm really excited. Like I said, we are we're very similar in what we do. And so I always like being able to talk to someone that understands where I am in my career and we've had similar paths getting to where we are and so it's so interesting to watch someone else run a business and hire people because that is where I am with my business. So I found this super interesting and I learned a lot so I hope you do the same. So let's get started. Here is Bailey.
2: Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. I am sitting here today virtually with Bailey. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Do you want to start with introducing yourself, give us a little background, and tell us what you do?
0: The question everybody loves. Um, I know, right? It's always like <laughs> talking about yourself. Um, Okay. So yeah, as you said, I'm Bailey. Um, I am a vegan and a dog mom and a coffee lover, but I also am an entrepreneur. So I have a digital media agency that I run. It's called Play Digital. We work with brands of all sizes and kind of more on that creative aspect of the digital space. So anything from like social media management to content creation, to influencer marketing, just kind of all that good stuff. And then I also have a podcast too, um, called What Day Is It? I'm one half of it. I have a co-host that I do it with. And it's yeah, it's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, you're so busy and you do a really good job of documenting all of it, I feel on Instagram. From I like try. I mean sometimes your I to your work and
0: stuff. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's honestly I think people just follow me for my dogs. So
2: I mean, I think that's why everyone follows other, everyone <laughs> on Instagram. You know, it's really about the dogs, not about the people at all. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. So we're going to talk about today the business owner side of things. So play digital, but then we'll also talk about personal branding because I think you've done a really good job on that side as well. So let's start with the business owner side of you. Um, do you want to share the journey of play digital? When did you decide you want to launch your own agency? How did you get started? Like. I always find it interesting to ask people who own an agency because I do as well, but why you wanted to own your own agency as opposed to work for someone else. So Jenna, just walk us through that whole experience.
0: Yeah. So I never really thought this is what I would be doing. Um, I mean, when I was like going to university and stuff, social media was just kind of starting to take off and um, I was working full time for a local fashion company and kind of doing all of their, I mean, I did a bunch of stuff for them, but I mainly did a lot of marketing and I was also at that point, like just kind of learning social media through creating it for them, because at that point, Instagram had just launched and like, I didn't really even know what it was and nobody did. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of like how I got into the social media space was just through my job at that company. And then, I, as I grew with the company, I had a lot of people asking me like, Hey, could you help me with this? Or could you like help me with social media? Like, would you ever take on other people freelance? And I did do it for one person, but then it like the questions kept coming up and I was like, I can't do that. Like I'm one person. I don't have this time. And again, it really wasn't a thought in my head to really do it myself. But then I kind of got to a point in that job where I felt like I'd really reached my own personal growth with it. I didn't think that um like when I thought about the next five years I didn't really see myself having this insane role that I felt like excited about so I kind of had to like dig deep inside of me and figure out what that looked like for me and I kept coming back to the thing that a lot of people had asked me if I would be able to help them and I was like if people are asking there's obviously a demand for it so I took my time thinking about it because I think when you're starting your own business or your own job, it's so scary. You have to really like weigh the pros and the cons and be committed to like putting in that hard work and knowing that there is that risk associated with it. But I just knew I didn't want to work as hard as I'd been working for someone else for the next five years. I kind of just was like, I would really rather invest that in myself because I believe in myself. And it just, I think, came down to that idea. So, Yeah, I took the leap and never
2: looked back. (laughs) I love that. And when, so how long ago was that? What's the timeline on that? That was two and a half, actually like almost three years ago. How did you get your first clients then? I know a lot of people like want to do freelance or want to get into starting a business. And I don't know how, if you're able to take some of your clients from the other business or if you like had connections, how did you really go from like having a couple like freelance to really like having enough to have an agency?
0: Yeah. So the job that I was previously at, I didn't have like other clients with it. I did freelance on the side for one local business. So it wasn't like when I left, I took clients from them. It was just, they were like, I strictly worked under them for them. And like, that was it. Um, But I was able and very fortunate through that job to meet a lot of people and a lot of local entrepreneurs. So when I left, it was kind of mix. Like I did a lot of cold emailing. I did a lot of outreach to brands that I didn't have existing relationships with, but ones that I really loved and I'd heard a lot about, or I was a customer of. And so I just spent like hours emailing LinkedIn, like DMing, just whatever I could to get in front of them. And then I did have the opportunity to connect with people who I already knew, which was amazing. Um, And I'm so grateful that they initially, like off the bat, wanted to support me because I do think that made a huge difference in building my portfolio and like being able to work with clients and getting referrals and getting work. So, yeah, it was kind of a mix, um, but I did have a foundation that way.
2: Right. And what have been the biggest challenges from starting and getting to where you are today? as a business owner and also in like the marketing space? Um,
0: I mean, I think balance is really difficult. Uh, especially when you are self-employed, it's just like finding, I mean, you're always thinking about work and you're always just like in it. And sometimes that causes burnout because you don't give yourself that time to like rest and come back more creative. So I think that's definitely always something I've struggled with, whether it was being on my own or just being really passionate about the job I was in. Um, And I think a lot of people will just relate to the year 2020 being a struggle. So (laughs) I think that's been like the most recent one just because I want to continue to grow play, but at the same time, it's just nobody knows what the future's like and investing in growth opportunities is a little scary. And I think that a lot of people, yeah, a lot of entrepreneurs
2: will relate to that for sure totally although it is good I think from like a digital marketing perspective that everyone really appreciates now what entrepreneurs has for people (laughs)
0: 100% I am like so when this first happened I felt guilty because I just felt like grateful that I already worked from home that like my job was online. Like I didn't have a storefront that I had to close, but I really just, it was so important for me because I do work with a lot of those small businesses who have those storefronts to like make sure that I was shopping local and like supporting them in any way I could. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's been a huge like perspective shift, but like at the same time, I have so much gratitude that I was in such a fortunate position because I know so many people weren't.
2: Totally. Yeah. That was exactly what I was like as well. And I think like you said, you can't, like you don't want to complain about 2020 because you still have a job and like you're in an industry that really thrived during this time. But then also understanding that all your clients, like basically where you're getting your income from need that help. So I think that that was one of the struggles that I also faced. I found I found that that was kind of the struggle for 2020, but I also feel like now we're going into 2021 with that perspective as well. So I think everyone is kind of Change the way they think about social media um, and also using the power of social media like you said to like support the small businesses and really come together as a community, which I think's been really great
0: no for sure, yeah, I definitely think community has like come out of this stronger, and like people really appreciate it more and like see more of the hard work that a lot of small businesses go through, so I think that perspective is something great that's come out of 2020, but like, I know for those people who have those brick and mortar businesses, it's been like, I, I am not going through it personally, but I can
2: only imagine how tough it's been. Totally. I know. And it's, unfortunately, it's not over yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and when did you decide you were going to hire someone for your agency? So you're doing it yourself. And then when did you bring people on board and how many do you have employees or just do you contract? Do you want to walk through kind of like that whole side of it?
0: Yeah. So when I first started play like a month after starting, I had a friend of a friend kind of reach out and ask if I was looking for interns and it wasn't even something that crossed my mind because I was just so fresh out of the gate. I was like, like I never thought I would be working with someone that quick. And I just kind of looked at it as like an opportunity. I really, I learned a lot from being an intern for a lot of jobs. And so I thought that there could be mutual value there and was like, okay, sure. Yeah. If you want to like do this, like, I'm just letting you know I'm getting started. So like it's going to be kind of all over the place, but if you want to do it, let's do it. And so she worked for me as an intern for a few months and then I quickly like saw the value she was adding to the company and realized that my job was being easier like delegating gave me more time to be creative and accelerate other areas of my company so i ended up bringing her on because i didn't want to i think it's really hard to find great people and when you have them you've got to appreciate them and so i knew i wanted to keep her around i didn't want her to just be an intern and like end up expiring so i she was my first hire and then, um, she ended up moving on, but I've had a couple other people kind of part-time in between and a couple other interns. Um, just being a small business, I think it's really hard to invest when you are growing. And so I think internships are great. Um, it also, I think it's a great way to see if someone's a fit for the company, see how you can add value to them and then how they can add value to you as well. If you're starting out and don't have that, Um, capital to invest into staff right away but I do have a few girls who work for me um, for play and they are amazing I'm so grateful I have them it's been a transition again with COVID because now we're all working remotely but we have little team meetings and I yeah I'm just so grateful to have a group of girls who are so creative and just
2: can really kind of nail that vision for play Totally. Yeah. And I think they do a good job because I've, I've talked to a couple of them through the play account and besides that, like obviously they put their name to tell that it's not the same person every time, but <laughs> yeah. you can't even tell that they're different people, you know, like I think you've done a really good job in finding people that also support the voice of your company and like the brand and everything.
0: Yeah. Voice is so important to me. Like I never wanted when I started play for it to be, um, I mean, I've worked with a lot of agencies in the past and I just found them very, Formal and like I think that's just the traditional agency. Like it's nothing bad. It's just I knew that I wanted play to be different in that way. Like we're very community based. I want anyone we're talking to to feel like it's a friend and not this like person on the end of a computer that's just writing a contract. Like I I think that's really important. We're more about relationships than like partnerships per se, and we want to build that. So uh, yeah, it's that's great to hear. Thank you. Yeah, of
2: course. Um, And what would you say makes a really great Instagram account? You could like name a couple things. I know everybody is always striving for either a better feed or better content. So from your perspective, um, with all of your experience, what are your like top things that a great Instagram account has?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the foundation of a great Instagram account is really connection with your audience and like that sense of community. Um, I think that's what Keeps people going back and invested into that person um, because there is so much on the internet and Instagram, of course. But I think that people, the reason someone's checking in daily with content of that person is because they feel a connection. So I would say, like, that is my foundation and what I always look for in any business that I'm running or any account that I'm running. Um, I think though also visually kind of finding your aesthetic and like what works for you and what your brand isn't sticking with it as well. And like making sure that it's really clear and concise and not confusing because that first impression of someone landing on your page is going to make them really stick around for that community connection. You know what I mean? So like there's, I think they kind of go hand in hand, like you've got to lock someone in when they get to your account, but then you've got to keep them there with that community aspect. So those are like I think something that I always try, and when I'm working with clients or if it's my own brand,
2: like I look at that. I love that, I think that's so important. I think that's really what Instagram is for, which was the way you explained it was really good, and that it is about the connection and the social part of it in the community, and not necessarily just about like the pretty pictures mm-hmm. um, but I, yeah, I feel like we'll get caught up in that, especially as a small business, um, I think there's a struggle with creating that community but also trying to sell things and I think as you would know because of your clients and I have similar clients that they kind of get lost in like how much do we sell how much do we just take nice photos and then they kind of forget about the the people that are actually following them yeah and the thing
0: is if you're if you're connected with your audience they're going to trust you more and when you talk about your products or when you put something out or launch something it's not going to just feel like a sale it's going to be like They're excited to support you they're invested like you've been telling them what's going on behind the scenes and so again there's that connection and like that sense of brand loyalty so i think that i think a lot of people spend time trying to get new followers or get a new audience or a bigger audience when they're overlooking the audience they already have that's going to grow their brand quicker than they ever could and i think that's something that's really important and like a a lot of people don't spend time there so i think yeah i think community is just and connection is so important
2: 100 percent. and uh instagram just launched guides a couple weeks ago whenever it was so how do you suggest to clients or what is your advice to people who are running their own business accounts which instagram things to use so your take on guides, and then how do people balance like the guides and the reels and the stories and the IGTV? <laughs> and literally, honestly, I, I don't know how you balance all that. I'm still figuring <laughs> it out. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it
0: can be really situational. Um, I think on the brand and how to use it. And I, to be honest with the guides, I'm still figuring it out. I think for a lot of content creators. Um, it's not yet that beneficial. I have this theory of where Instagram is going with it and they just introduced shopping into reels. So it's, I think they're really pushing the shopping aspect of it, but I'm interested to see how they're going to incentivize the content creators versus like the brands, because for brands, it's great. They can tag their products, which link directly to their shop. And like, it's this, like a kind of a separate mini e-commerce site where people can check out. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think for brands, like I would just make sure that you've got your catalog linked to Instagram and Facebook because it's a missed opportunity if you don't, for people to be tagging your products now with this new guides um, feature and with the shopping and reels. So that would be like my first piece of advice for any, Um, brand that has a product to sell online and then for balancing it I mean I don't have I don't think there's like a magic recipe for that I think it depends on the brand and what your audience is engaging with so I would say like trial and error to begin with like put some reels out see how your audience reacts to that put some guides out see how your audience reacts to that and like wherever they're engaging
2: the most then I would ramp that up Totally. I love that. And actually, I find it so interesting that guides, you can't put on your feed. And so not that it really matters, but I feel like even like reels and everything gets more views if you add it to your feed. And then I was like, well, why can't I tell my feed that I have a guide up? And I just don't quite understand what to do with them. But I'm sure yeah. it'll... The guides kind of, to be
0: honest, confuse me a little bit like the what the intention is behind it. I think that they first rolled it out when... Um, COVID happened is like kind of almost like a news outlet um for health and wellness because that's where they first tested it but I I see pros and cons to it I just am interested to see how it evolves because they're really pushing the shopping feature right now like even how they just put the shopping button where the notification button used to be like little things like that I can just see like kind of the direction it's going so yeah I'm really curious to see where it's at in a couple of months
2: totally yeah um, and we'll just talk about state of grace for a second. Cause I know you're past that, but I think it's interesting that you own the agency now, but you also owned a like online retail store. So mm-hmm. do you want to just walk us through kind of how that started? And then when you decided to sell it?
0: Yeah, for sure. So I had, State of grace. Um, While I was employed at my old job, I started it with the owner of that company. And that was like my first um, step into entrepreneurialism. So I hadn't run a business before. And I'm really grateful I had a partner to go through that with me because I learned so much. Um, And I did that for four years in a partnership and then a year on my own. So when I started play, I took over that company and was doing both solo YOLO and it was a lot. (laughs) Um, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. Like I love everything that I've done and I'm really grateful I've had the opportunities, but I just constantly felt like I couldn't be fully creative in either business because I was one person splitting my time um, both ways. So I kind of just had to have like a really honest conversation with myself if I thought that was something that i could continue and that had longevity and made me happy which I'm sorry <laughs> no that's okay oh i'm surprised God. it's not my dog <laughs> so yeah i had oh go. is it okay to keep going yeah go ahead <laughs> <laughs> um so i had to have like a really honest conversation with myself to see if it was something that like i could keep doing that had longevity um that made me happy and I just felt like with state of grace, I again, kind of had reached the point to where I could take it. Like I knew that if I put more energy and more capital into it, I could really grow it. But like, I wasn't prepared to do that having just started another company. And I felt like play was really thriving and had so much growth potential. But like, if I was only putting 50% of my energy and time into it, it wasn't going to reach that. So I decided to just close it. Like I was just going to wrap it up, sell off my inventory and just be done with it. I never really thought of selling it because I didn't really know how to sell a business. And so I kind of just like announced I was going to wrap up things with the brand. And then I had a bunch of people reach out and ask if I would sell the business. And it just never really felt right to me. Like it was still such my baby and my passion project. Um, and the offers just didn't seem right to me. So I kept turning them down. And then one day, um, this girl who I did know emailed me, she's local and she has always been like a top customer of state of grace and was like, Hey, would you ever think of selling it? And that was the first time I ever really entertained the idea because I knew, I felt like I knew her. So I knew what kind of person she was and the fact that she loved the brand and genuinely like had shopped it from like day one always was on the site on launch days. And so I just felt like she had that connection. It wasn't just this like, I don't know, like cold business transaction. So I ended up chatting with her and then it happened so quick, like within the next 30 days, it's the sale went through and it was hers and they're doing amazing. It's her and her daughter that are running it. And I love following along and seeing what they're doing with it. And I know it's in good hands. So I, I never really looked back or like felt that feeling of like regret of selling it. I felt so content. So
2: that's kind of the the story. I love that. That's cute. And it definitely, I feel, then you don't have to like worry about the business. You don't have to worry about it like changing or, ending up somewhere that you didn't want it to be um and then you know the people and you know that it's like you said it's in good hands and I've been following and they've done same thing it was kind of like a seamless transition like you can't even really tell that it changed hands which I think is good
0: yeah for sure no they're they're awesome and like it's their baby now and I can tell that they love it so much so yeah no I'm
2: I'm happy that it's in such good hands totally and What were some of the business lessons you learned from that experience that you've taken and used towards play, even though it's like a different type of business? Um,
0: (laughs) I mean, that I've used towards play. Um, I think just honestly, like more how I need to work to make it a success behind the scenes Um, and just like how I handle situations, not like business structure I would say just because they are completely different um like I've I learned a lot of business structural things through the inventory and like the apparel and manufacturing in regards to state of grace but that doesn't apply to play I think it just those lessons were definitely more of like what I need to structure in my day and like set me up for success and not for burnout
2: and all of that totally and if you could just give one piece of advice for people who want to start either a retail business or a service-based business, what would be your advice, especially with the current situation? I feel like people have time either to think of a new business or they need another source of income or they're looking to change. Um, What would you say for their, their outlook in 2021?
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say just get started. That's like always the biggest piece of advice I can get. I think people are always waiting for like the perfect time or perfect moment. And I don't think that exists. Um, I think you just have to get started and get that momentum, even if it's just coming up with a name or like playing around in a Shopify trial and like learning the back end. I think any little step you can take to start moving the needle and like giving you that footing is going to be Great. Um, and then I would also, I totally just lost my train of thought, classic me. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that. honestly, that's the biggest piece of advice that I can, if the other one pops in my head, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a day, it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of poolside podcast with Bailey and I, I hope you learned a lot and I hope you are inspired to either start your own business or to take the steps to grow the one you currently have. If you have any more questions for either myself or Bailey, make sure you hit us up on Instagram. Also, I would love if you subscribe to my podcast, if you rated reviewed it and shared it on Instagram and don't forget to tag me. Thanks for listening and I will see you next week.